once again, once again, welcome this morning. Welcome to Paradise Valley Christian Church. We're glad that you are here with us in person and online, and uh, we're, we're kind of packing this place out, so we're going to let some kids go. Uh, if you have children that you would be uh, comfortable with going down to the kids zone, there's children church that will be meeting right down the steps, and so if you want to head down the hall, down the steps, uh, you can have your Take your kids down there. If you would like to keep your kids with you, you're free to do that as well. And so uh, we're, we're happy that you all are here today uh, with our kids stuff. We are looking into the month of November to kind of begin uh, a Christmas program practice time. And so kind of be aware of that. That's coming up. Uh, Christmas is going to be upon us quickly. And so we want to be prepared for the program. And so those we'd love for as many of your children to be a part of that as well. I appreciate uh, over the last few weeks um, the opportunity to be preaching through a series uh, through our mission statement. And last Sunday, I was grateful that Matt Branham from Spearfish was willing to come and share with us in our revival. And it was just a, a great time of being together as the body of Christ throughout the week on nights that we don't normally get to be together. And so that was a joy. I know some of you were able to join us online, so that was a, a great thing as well. And then, of course, pie, social night, you know, dessert night, that was, that was a lot of fun. And so it, it was a great week of revival. And my prayer is that we would continue to follow where God is leading when it comes to us growing and maturing in our faith, changing and working through things and, and wanting to be better at who we're, we've been called to be as the body of Christ. And so again, we're going through a series uh, that will close out this week. And so if you have not been with us over the past several weeks, I'd encourage you to, to go back online to pvcc.info or pvcc.com. And you can check out uh, past sermons and kind of get caught up on our uh, mission statement that we have here at part of Paradise Valley. And again, one more thing before we get into the message. If you are brand new with us or uh, we don't necessarily know you very well uh, yet because you've only come a few times, we'd love for you to fill out one of these connect cards that's in the bulletin and you can place that in the offering box on your way out. We'd love to get to know you better. And so this morning I want to begin once again by reading for one of the last times, maybe in a little while, our mission statement. And it says this, we, the church, here at PV, have been given the ministry of reconciliation to lovingly seek, reconcile, restore, and equip disciples so that they can make a difference in their world through ministry. And so far, again, over the last several weeks, we've discussed this idea of the need to seek, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. That we need to pray for more workers to go into the harvest field. And we've also talked about the reality, according to Scripture, that we, as the body of Christ, are God's ambassadors. We speak on behalf of Him, and we share the message of reconciliation. And as we work together as the body of Christ, there's going to be times where we need to reach out to one another and restore one another and be available to one another to humbly help carry the, each other's burdens. And this morning, we're wrapping up the series with this idea of equip, to be fully equipped. And what does that mean in our lives? Will you pray with me as we begin? God, this morning, 
We're humbled to gather in your presence. Father, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for their desire to serve you with their lives. Each one of us at different stages in our walk with you. And yet you take us from where we're at and you move us forward to where you want us to be. And so, Father, this morning, may we continue to allow you to work in our lives. May you speak to our hearts right here, right now. And that we would be ready and, and willing to hear what you have to share with us. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. A little crowd participation, so raise your hand so I can hear. Uh, but what would you say if I asked you to build a birdhouse right here, right now, this morning, right where we sit? What do you think? What, what would your response to that be? Raise your hand. Uh, Eric's doing a thumbs up. Let's do it. Okay, all right, we can grab this plastic table, I'm sure we can figure out a way to cut that up and make that, what about anybody else, what's your thoughts, build a birdhouse right here, right now, Ella, what do you got, you don't have anything to build it with, okay, all right, well, again, if we maybe had a saw, we could cut up some of these pews and build a birdhouse or something, maybe, I don't know, what, what else, what are your thoughts, could you build a birdhouse right here, right now, what, what comes to your mind? Okay, therapist, speaker, what else did you say? <laughs> Pull the plant out of the planter and you got a birdhouse. So we got some ingenuity going on. And in my mind, I thought about this idea, well, what would come to my mind is, well, I don't have any tools. I didn't bring my tools to church. You know, what would I use? And what about materials? We discussed, well, maybe a pew or a table, but do we have the right materials with us this morning? Well, maybe I don't know how. First service, someone said, well, I need the instruction manual. And that would be me, all right? I needed some instructions to build a birdhouse, all right? I, we don't really have time this morning. I mean, we're here to honor God, to be holy, you know, and who has time to build a birdhouse? And the bottom line is we're not equipped. That is, we don't have what we need to build the birdhouse. And that's often how we feel, isn't it? As we go through life, we feel like we're not equipped to work for specific tasks. And the reality is, is that we're not supposed to be equipped for any and everything. In fact, I remember growing up in 7th and 8th grade, I wanted to be an NBA basketball star. You know, I thought I had the right, you know, skill and ability, and yet as I kind of thought through that, and as I grew, and as I figured out that my dad, who's only 5'8", and I'm like 5'10 and a half, maybe 11, sometimes I write on the roster 6 foot, you know, on my tiptoes, but I probably don't have the right genetics. I'm not equipped with the right genetics to probably be an NBA basketball star. And I probably am not really equipped to have the right skills and ability and talent to be an NBA basketball star. But if I had those two things, man, I would have it down pat on how to be a millionaire in the NBA, I guarantee you, all right? And fortunately, I realized early on I wasn't equipped to be a pro player, and it's clear that I wasn't supposed to be. God had other plans. And we as humans aren't supposed to be equipped for just any and everything. But as Christians, we're supposed to be equipped in the faith. There's a show that I've been watching in my downtime. It's called the Building Off the Grid. I don't know if some of you have seen that show. But on this show, it's all about building in remote locations, little cabins or houses that are off the grid and solar power and wells and all those type of things. And in that show, in order for them to build those houses or those cabins, 
They have to get all of their tools, all of their equipment, all of the building materials to those locations. And so throughout the show, it's fun to see they use horses they on horseback across rivers with saddle packs and whatnot. They've used mules to get all the materials where they needed it. They at times use snowmobiles in the wintertime to haul across a frozen lake to get all their building materials so that they were equipped and ready to go. There's even times where they use four-wheelers and all the while... They're wanting to make sure that before they start, that they're fully equipped in order to have the process take place of building a house off the grid. And not just any house off the grid, but really any house anywhere requires for there to be some preparation to be equipped for the job at hand. And I think about this idea of being equipped, how empowering that is. When you actually know what you're doing and feel confident in what you're doing... Then you have power to accomplish that, those, the tasks at hand, what you're called to do. And put simply, I, I wouldn't ask someone to go paint a room in my house without giving them instruction on which room it is, which paint colors, giving them the tools of a roller, brushes, the paint, because I wouldn't expect them to be able to accomplish what I would want them to accomplish without empowering them through equipping them for what they need. And when we look at the word of God, we see that God asks or commands us to do many things. All throughout scripture, God says things like, be holy as I am holy. Jesus says, as we're thinking through this mission statement idea, go and make disciples to all nations. The word tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. The word tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. The word tells us to not conform to this world. The word tells us to bless those who persecute us. Scripture tells us to do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. The same passage tells us to look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. With many of these things, we might have the same reaction as is we had in our opening illustration of, oh, I, I don't know, I, I can't, or I don't know how, or I don't know how the tools, or the equipment, or the ability, or the time. And that is, maybe I feel like I'm not equipped to do those things. But here's the kicker. God says that as believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, we can do, of course, all things through Christ who strengthens us, and we can do the things that God has called us to do if we're willing to make the effort to do what it takes to be fully equipped. And it's through the Holy Spirit's power in our lives that we can be fully equipped, but it requires us to put in the time and the effort and as we seek and reconcile and restore for the kingdom of God, we also must be equipped and be available to help equip others. And so I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. And this is a passage of scripture that within the last year or year and a half that we, we preach through Ephesians. And I want us to bring back and remind you of what... Paul is speaking to the church in Ephesus here, and I'm going to share it from the English Standard Version, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, 
the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth and love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. If you notice in there, it's this idea of equipping the saints, that we together as the body, working together, doing our part, encouraging and challenging and teaching one another, in order that we together might be equipped to see the body of Christ grow. And so this morning, as I thought through all of this, and as I thought this idea of being equipped and what a person needs, well, again, for me, it comes back to know your tools. And uh, my parents gave this toolbox to me when I think I was like 12 or 13 or 14, something like that. And over time, the tools have changed out in here. And I just remember my dad, he had a blue toolbox all my growing up years, even till just a month or so or two ago when he accidentally placed it on the back of his pickup and drove down the country road. And uh, one of the farm neighbors dro also drove down the road, either in a combine or a semi-truck, and uh, demolished this nice blue little toolbox which was very sad because it was something that I had seen my dad use for many, many years. This is a toolbox that I've had from my teenage years. And uh, this, this past semester um, at the homeschool co-op that my family goes to, my wife was kind of thrown into a class called Tinker Time. And that class is about taking apart old, broken-down electronics. And I'm thinking, like, little screwdrivers or little things to pry open things. And, and uh, one of the kids, the very first day, uh, I sent my toolbox with my wife so that she had tools in order for some kids that didn't have it. And I'm thinking, you know, again, screwdriver, that sort of thing. One kid looks through this, and he pulls this out. And this is a metal file. And he says, that is exactly what we're going to need to get this stuff apart. And I'm thinking, what? A metal file? Like, how are you going to get into something like But that was his idea because he wasn't very familiar with tools necessarily. And I think sometimes we as Christians, we like to think we have this all, this idea of how we're going to make a difference in this world for God. And yet, we don't know the tools that are in our toolbox. And I don't ask this to shame anyone in here, but how many of you could name all the books of the Bible? Okay, I see some hands going up in the back, a lot of little kids that have gone to camp. Maybe some of you are like, yeah, I kind of remember a song that I learned in Sunday school growing up, but I'm a little rusty, okay? And, and once again, I don't ask that to shame you this morning, and I'm not expecting us to, to have Genesis through Revelation memorized, but if you're not someone that could raise your hand like, no, I don't really know where all the different books lie in Scripture, I want you to think about that as maybe a sign, it's a sign of maybe the fact that 
I, I need to spend a little bit more time getting familiar with God's word because I want us, when someone asks us, like, where is, Revel, or where is Philippians or Ephesians or where is Matthew, that we don't automatically, like, default to the index of the front of our Bible and be like, okay, is that in the Old Testament or is that in the New Testament? I don't know because if that's where you're at, I would encourage you that maybe you need to spend more time in God's word. And again, it's not about memorizing all of Scripture from Genesis to the end of the Bible and Revelation. But I believe that as we look into our own lives and we evaluate where we're at with God's word, you know, what I am saying is maybe I need to be a little bit more familiar with where God's word is in my life and how much time I spend in God's word. And the better, the more time I spend in God's word, the better equipped I'm going to be using the tools in the toolbox that God has given each and every one of us. In fact, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 is a familiar passage. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God or woman may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. To be thoroughly equipped. You have to spend time in the word of God if you're going to be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And do we know God's word in a way that it's a tool that we can use for the kingdom of God? When I was young and I would go out and help my dad on the farm, he would oftentimes send me back to the shop and say, hey, bring me a pair of pliers and I'd come back with a crescent wrench. He'd be like, no, that's not quite what I'm looking for. And he said, the next time he said, well, can you bring me a pair of vice grips? And I'd come back maybe like with a U-clamp. And I was like, oh, that's closer than, you know, maybe a screwdriver or something. But it took me time to spend with my dad on the farm going back and forth, finally ending up with the right tool. And the next time going back and forth three or four times and finally ending up with the right tool. My dad taught me how to find the right tools and working within the, the more time I spent with tools, the better I got at knowing which ones were which and how to go about using them. And the time that you spend in God's Word on Sunday morning or Wednesday night family night or another time during the week during a small group that takes place here at PV, those are all very important and productive. And if you aren't involved one of those, with one of those yet, I would encourage you to do so because there's a lot out there and there's a lot of opportunities for you to be equipped in those ways. But if that's all you do throughout the week, if those are the only few times during the week that you spend in God's word, I want to challenge you. That's not enough. You've got to spend more time. In those specific times, it's just not enough to really know your tools in your toolbox. And getting to know your tools in your toolbox is something that you have to work at on a daily basis. And I would challenge each and every one of us to spend five more minutes a day in God's word than you already are. And maybe you're already spending 30 minutes a day. I would encourage you, five more minutes. Maybe you spend 15 minutes a day in God's word. Five more minutes, spend 20. 
Maybe you haven't had the opportunity and you haven't made the priority yet in your life to spend any time in God's word. I would encourage you, just five minutes, five minutes in God's word will begin to rapidly develop and change you. You see, God's word tells us that we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And the way we renew our minds is to spend time getting to know the tools in our toolbox. We, if we, we have to be willing to daily spend time in God's word. And then we have to put it into practice. And so if I was encouraging you to, to take notes this morning, which I would, because it's easy to forget certain things, the first thing, again, that I would encourage you to write down is know your tools. And the second thing I would encourage you to write down is use your tools. I don't know how many of you experience this, but I've had a lot of times in my life where I'm doing a home project, and I'm working at something, and I'm looking in my toolbox, and I'm thinking, man, if I had the right tool for this job, I would have already been done a half hour ago. But because I don't have the right tool in my toolbox, or maybe I have the right tool, but I didn't put it back in my toolbox, and I kind of forgot where I put it, and so I don't know where it is, and then even if I did know where it was, I haven't used it for 10 years, and I don't re quite remember how it works. You know, those are kind of the way things work in our lives, isn't it? I mean, you think about that. It's that whole philosophy, if you don't use it, you lose it. Because for most of us, we probably had to take a, a foreign language in high school. And if you're like me, I haven't used it since. And so I don't really know a whole lot of Spanish anymore besides like hola or like como uh, se dice or uh, me llamo Carlos or something like that, you know. It, it's, it's those things that we don't spend time, if we don't spend time using it, we lose it, and the same is true when it comes to our spiritual lives as well. You have tools in God's word that maybe you've used at different times, but you haven't continued to use those, and so they slowly are not ready and available at your fingertips. And all too often we spend our Christian lives as, as, as a sponge. We're willing to soak in. God's word, we're willing to soak in classes, we're willing to take in all the things of the Christian culture, music, television, podcasts, we're, we're soaking it all in as a sponge, but what happens with a sponge that just is completely saturated with water that just sits on the counter and does nothing? Slowly it starts to get stinky, maybe it starts to grow a little mold. Maybe pretty soon, after a long time, it dries out, and it's not really as useful as it once was. And the reality as Christians is if we're not taking the tools that God has given us and actually using them, we're going to be like that sponge that just soaks everything in and becomes gross and moldy and useless and dried up. In 1 Peter 3.15, says, But in your hearts... In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord, which most of you probably have done this morning, setting apart Christ as your Lord. And then it goes on to say, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. We have to be prepared to use the tools God has given us in his word, so that when God brings about an opportunity, we are ready to share 
with someone the hope that we have in Jesus. And you might think, well, I don't really have a very good avenue to do that on a regular basis. I pretty much have to go to work, and I have to pay my bills, and I have to take care of my family, and I don't really have a lot of opportunities to share the, the hope that I have because no one's asking me. And yet, I just want us to maybe simplify it way down. And I remember a, a preacher one time told me, he said, take the things that you're gifted at and the things that you love to do and use them to further the kingdom of God. Use them to have an, an eternal impact for the kingdom of God. And so maybe you're someone here this morning that loves to sew. You're really good at sewing. Or maybe you're someone that's really good with mechanics. I would encourage you, take those things that you love. Maybe you love to read. Maybe you love to create websites. Whatever you love to do and you're gifted at, take those things and use them to not only train someone in those areas, but then to also share the love of Jesus with them in the meantime. And I think about my own life. I, I enjoy playing sports. I enjoy basketball specifically as one of the sports I, I like the most. And, and so in my last ministry, I just thought, man, how can I use that love of basketball to somehow do ministry? And so I started a three-on-three basketball league that began with just people within the church. We had fellowship time. We had that interaction. And then, then it grew to church teams that had from churches other than our church, and so we had fellowship with other church bodies. And then pretty soon, by the time I left there, we had 15 teams, a part of this three-on-three league on Sunday nights. And the majority of those teams were non-Christian, non-church teams that allowed for us as Christians to interact with them, to share God's love with them, to share the truth about what's going on in culture and all those type of things. And I'm not saying that we baptize hundreds of people through that ministry. But what I am saying is it gave me opportunity to use my tools that God has placed in my life to then have an impact for eternity. I was able to plant seeds and to water and allow God to cause things to grow. See, when we take what we love to do and use it to have an in eternal impact in the lives around us, then God really begins to work mightily in those situations. And there are works of service that we are being equipped to do. And at some point, we need to just step out in faith and use our tools and be a part of God's workforce. And as we read here in one of the verses that we read already this morning, Ephesians 4.12, where it says, To prepare, prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. You see, we have works of service to have an impact in our world. And also just back a page in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. If you're going to be fully equipped, you have to put into practice what you have been equipped to do. And you can make a difference. Maybe you feel this morning, well, I'm just one person. Uh, I don't have all the skills and abilities of other people. And yet you can make a difference. And I guarantee you together as the body of Christ, as the church, we can make a difference. Making a difference encompasses a lot of different areas. Every marriage and family we equip to stay together makes a difference for Jesus Christ. Every young man that we equip and train 
to be a man of God, to be a godly husband. Every girl that we train to be a godly woman, to be a godly wife, is making a difference for the kingdom of God. Every child we equip to make God a priority in their lives is making a difference. Every adult we equip to make right moral choices in a given situation is making a difference. Every person we equip with the hope of Jesus Christ in this broken world is making a difference. And if you want to make a difference, then stop dragging your feet. Stop dragging your feet when it comes to using the tools that you've been equipped with. And when you use your tools for the kingdom of God, it just overflows into the lives around you. And so the third and last thing I would encourage you to write down this morning is to, to share your tools. Who can you begin to equip? And one of the things that I really appreciate about my dad and a lot of areas of my life is that he was patient with me. My dad was patient with me when he shared his tools with me. You know, when I kept bringing back the wrong tool, he's like, no, that's not it. Try, try a different one. We'll see what you come back with next time, okay? And we have a responsibility as Christians to share the spiritual tools that we have with those around us, even if it's simple things. And I, I think about when I go to my neighbors or when I go to my father-in-law to, to borrow tools. In fact, uh, he doesn't even know it, but I have his... Uh, a sawzall at my house right now because mine's broken. Sorry about that, Larry. Um, true confession time. Um, and so, yeah, we, we go to different people and we, we ask for them to share their tools with us. And I think a lot of times for the mo majority of people that I know, they're like, yeah, I have a lot of different tools that I don't use a ton of time. And if you ever need a tool, just come ask me and you can borrow that. And that's the way that we need to be as Christians, always wanting to share the tools that God has given us to share. Are we sharing the tools in order to equip others in the faith? And once again, we ourselves need to be equipped. But beyond that, we need to be willing to equip others. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Once again, a, a pretty familiar passage. It says, And the things you have heard me say... In the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men or women who will also be qualified to teach others. Every one of us has a responsibility to take what we are receiving and to then share it, to entrust it to other reliable people that they can also use that to reach and disciple and to teach and the last part of our mission statement, if you were to write our whole mission statement down, that last part says again, so that they can make a difference in their world through ministry. Talking about making disciples, seeking and reconciling and restoring and equipping these disciples, all of us, so that they can make a difference in the world through ministry. And so the question is, are we mentoring anyone? Who are you mentoring? Are you bringing others along with you to help equip them when it comes to living faithfully for God? The church is here to equip you, and you have a responsibility to equip others. And sometimes it's as easy as just bringing someone alongside you. When, when you go to the store, maybe you ladies go to the store and, and you would bring a young lady with you to share with them. 
kind of your technique on how to shop and, and share the love that you have as you stand in line and someone's upset with you and you kindly, patiently work with them. It's, it's taking the time to, if you're an older couple, to show a younger couple what it means to, to love your spouse, to be patient with one another. Maybe it's for you gentlemen taking a young man to the parts store and being like, well, this is what this tool is, or this is this part, or just bringing someone alongside you, taking them fishing with you maybe. And we see that in Scripture. We see that in the life of Jesus and his disciples, the apostles, and even all the way to into the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, prior to that, verse 13, we see that we have uh, Peter and, and John you got to get to the right page here. Peter and John, and, and uh, we have them, and, and they're speaking to the people. And, of course, the, the leaders don't like that. And the Sadducees, the priests, the captain of the temple guard, they, they arrest them. And then later on, they bring them before the rulers and the elders of the people. And in verse 12, they proclaim that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And of course, they're speaking about Jesus. In verse 13, when they saw, and talking about the crowd and the, the officials, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And I consider myself pretty unschooled. I pretty pretty ordinary for the most part. I enjoyed teaching junior high and high school kids because they're more on my level. All right, okay. And uh, and and I feel that I'm fairly unschooled. I'm pretty ordinary. But the question is: Is have we been with Jesus? Have we been with Jesus? Because it doesn't matter if we're just ordinary men and women. Because when we're with Jesus, amazing things can happen. And when we begin to share the way that Jesus did, we begin to mentor, we begin to disciple, when we begin to share the tools that God has given us, we see that amazing things can happen. And often we think that we have to have the right equipment, or we have to have the exact right tools, the right things to say. We have to have scripture memorization and eloquent prayers, and we have to know exactly how to have a witnessing strategy, and we got to know the, the peace treaty and how that works, or maybe the Romans road. And we have all these things in our minds of how it's going to work, and yet in our world today, that doesn't always work very well. In fact, what people are looking for is authentic Christians that are living out what they say they believe. And these are the things that are going to have an impact in an unbeliever's life. And so how ready are you to put in the time and the effort that it's going to take to be fully equipped? Do you know your tools? If not, you got to spend more time in it. Do you use your tools? And will you share your tools that God has equipped you with by being willing to equip those around you so that they, again, can make a difference in their world through ministry? So as the praise team comes this morning, each and every one of us are called to be equipped. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, it says, May the God of peace... 
who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, verse 21, equip you with everything good for, the, for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God has given us everything we need to be fully equipped. And part of that being fully equipped is being within God's will, it says. And so this morning, part of being within God's will starts with giving your life to Jesus Christ. Surrendering to Him through belief and repentance and confession and baptism. Allowing the Holy Spirit to dwell within you in order that you might live daily in the Spirit. And if that's you this morning, we're going to in just a moment sing a song of invitation and invite you to come. And maybe this morning you're already a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you and remind you that you have everything you need to be fully equipped. You just have to put forth some time and effort to, you, to know your tools, to use your tools, and to share your tools. Will you stand with us as we 